Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends and probably some rando too, but no complaining because this is free. Free. This is beauty and the beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. Tonight I was a guest over on a charity stream for first responders amid all of this insanity with my friends from the Generational Gap podcast and Jay Edgar. They called it the Freedom Scoop First Response Drive and they streamed basically all day from what I understand. They might have even gone 24 hours. I don't know. I think it's still going on while I record this thing, but they're raising money for a great cause right now, so if you'd like to support their efforts, I left the link to their GoFundMe page in the description. I assure you it's real. It is not the hoax GoFundMe of the week. And if you like what you hear, and I hope that you will, I have also linked Jay Edgar's channel and the Generational Gap channel in the description. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Who is that? Who the hey, hell is that? There he is. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it Hi. going? Hi, Matt. How's the stream been? Uh, uh, long. What time, <laughs> what time? What time did you guys start? Uh, seven hours ago, noon yeah. our time. Do you uh, you take any breaks, or you just you just keep going? Uh, we just kinda, kept going. Yeah, we, well, we kind of get up once in a while, you know, if you need to go to the bathroom or something, you just go. Sure. One at a time. There's enough people here, so <laughs> yeah. Sir, no sacrifice is too small in a situation like this. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing, sir? How have things been? Oh, you know, just like anybody else, just just getting through it. Just trying not to be annoyed with the state of the world. You know, things aren't that bad, of course, in, in my part of the, the country. Uh, you know, really? can't. No, I mean, we have um, I'm in the hot spot of Montana, <laughs> the hot spot. And there are, I think, uh, just over 100 known cases in the county. Uh, up until recently, there wasn't even anybody hospitalized and we've had like six, I think six statewide deaths in a gigantic, geographically gigantic state. So we're still, the governor's still doing the crackdown thing. We're still, you know, ruining everyone's job and destroying their livelihood and all that, of course. But, uh, as far as, um, as far as, uh, quality of life, it's, it's not, it's not too bad. Just annoyed with the overreaction. That's all. Yeah. So you would agree that this is an overreaction, huh? Well, in my uh, in my opinion, certainly in my state, you know. And the one thing that I um, that I've been glad about is uh, is that at least the federal government has refrained from from treading, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> the federal government's got their guidelines, but they're not the ones cramming things down your throat. It's still the states making these decisions. If I lived in New York or New Jersey. You know, I, I probably have a different take on things, and that's that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to work. Not all states and localities have the same problems or interests or anything like that. I'm mostly annoyed with governors like mine who look at a state like mine, which is clearly not in an emergency, and don't have the balls to say it's not that bad. We're going to take some precautions, but we're not going to destroy people's livelihoods in response. Instead, he's opted to shut everything down and extend it for another two weeks. Meanwhile, our neighboring states like South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, they don't have these stay-at-home orders. Everybody tells me our governor is preventing an emergency here. He's, 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 stopping, he's stopping the spread. He's stopping the emergency. Well, they don't have an emergency in North Dakota, South Dakota, or Wyoming. Very right. comparable states. 
And they're not doing this. They have about the same confirmed cases, about the same deaths. So, yeah, um, it's it's this has been a, it's just the whole thing has been a really fascinating political episode, right. not only because of um, how the states are choosing to manage this and how suddenly Trump, who is a fascist in all other contexts, isn't fascist enough now. Right. But also just the way it's breaking. Um, I mean, I don't think there are clear ideological lines here. You know, uh, there are people who whose opinions I respect and understand who are totally on the other side of this from me. Uh, and normally we agree on almost everything. Um, and, and that's the that's true with progressives. That's true with libertarians and conservatives. I, I've seen weird. Um, I don't want to say alliances, but just weird people, weird combinations of agreement and weird adversaries in how this is strange bedfellows right yeah sure (laughs) yeah anyway well that that begs a question then from the chat so if the states are getting if if states are getting too tyrannical on the virus um Mm -hmm. do you back the fed stepping in to shut that tyranny down well that's a great question i think this is the 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 fundamental question (laughs) and constitutionally the question is does the bill of rights extend to the states and as a practical matter, a lot of the state constitutions just reiterate their own versions of the Bill of Rights, essentially. But there's a good argument out there. I, you know, I'm not a constitutional scholar, guy, so I don't know. But from what I understand, there's a good argument out there that the Bill of Rights was never actually intended to extend to your relationship with your state. It's up to your state to try to do that, to, to, to implement its own Bill of Rights, so to speak. And if that's the case, then there's no constitutional conflict here at all. It's up to your state to exercise its police power and manage this issue how it sees fit. But um, on the other side of this, uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that the Bill of Rights extends to the states. That is the common understanding in every other context of law that we have right now. And what I would say, too, is we have to have some common set of values to exist as a country. I mean, I'm all for states' rights and, and, and states, uh, states' rights to exercise their own police powers. But if we take that to the extreme extent, then what what is the common set of values that we all share to build a country upon in the first place? I know I'm not giving necessarily a super clean answer right here. And that's because I think there are good arguments on both sides of it. Um, But if I, if I have to take a position, I don't think it's unreasonable to extend the bill of rights to the States and say that the federal constitution supersedes all that those are the conditions for membership in the union. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, upholding the Bill of Rights is is um, is a condition of of participation. I don't think that that's wrong, but there's no there's a case on the other side of it too. Um, do you think that uh, not necessarily just from the federal level, but at the state level as well, that um, that a grab for power is being made in this that will supersede the virus once it goes away? Um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. like, uh, so so. Yeah. Wouldn't that beg that the federal government get more involved then to stop well, that power grab? This is what's driving me crazy is because I, I don't like that everyone's perspective on on me and people who agree with me is like, oh, you just want to kill grandma. So I'm trying to like <laughs> be fair to them, too, because I don't want to I want to take everyone's perspective in good faith. And I can't say that you're wrong in the face of uncertainty and just the unknown, which is what we've been facing here. I can't say that it's irrational to be. Um, overly cautious and to be you know, better safe than sorry, that kind of general idea. I don't think that that's insane. But what's really bothering me now is 
we're seeing the data start to improve in many ways. I know that the deaths are still high, but we are seeing obviously a rapid decline in hospitalizations in New York. And broadly across the country, the data are not living up to the doomsday forecasts. I mean, just in a week's time, they've been downgraded from a quarter million if we socially distance perfectly to uh, maybe 60,000, maybe a quarter yeah. of that is, is more accurate. Um, anyway, I kind of lost my, my train of thought. Oh, oh, the, what bugs me is as we're seeing the data improve, we're still seeing people like Fauci go out there and say, well, th- we actually have to double down on the restrictions. <laughs> we have to keep at it. We have to keep, we have to push the accelerator harder. He was saying this morning mm. and you're seeing it all over the States. Now masks are mandatory in certain jurisdictions. They just shut down all the golf courses in New York, even though things look like they're improving from a data perspective and we're no longer operating in the unknown and the uncertain. And we have data to look at and evaluate the crackdowns still continue. And to me, that makes me wonder what has this been about the whole time? Because if it's just a, let's look at the data, let's evaluate scientifically, and let's adjust our response as more information becomes available, it doesn't make sense to me to continue the crackdowns in ever more draconian fashion. I've got another question out of the chat here for you. Well, uh, real quick before you do that, though, we just got another uh, $70 donation from Sean Sprouse. So nice. thank you very much. That um, is awesome. And where uh, is is your guys' is your donation thing uh, well live only, or can people do it after the fact? Yeah, no, we've had it set up. They've been before and after. Um, I will probably leave it going probably till our next show Friday, uh, okay. a, a week from today. I think I'll leave it up for about a week. Um, you know, I, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't want to wait too long and like miss the end of the virus, as it were. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to make a donation before I take off, and then I'm I'm going to post this over on our stuff, the audio. So if people are listening and they want to help out your your cause, um, yeah, absolutely. Can you? Can, well, you can give me the link later, I suppose, and I can just include it in the description. But is it yeah, easy so to I, shout out if people are listening and they want to do that? Uh, is what easy to shout out? Just really? like where where. Um, where my listeners can go contribute to this thing if they oh. like to. Uh, yeah, well, the uh, the GoFundMe is basically named the same thing as uh, the Freedom. It's a Freedom Scoop fundraiser for first responders. Gotcha. Um, but there is a link, uh, a short and a tiny URL there in the description below this stream uh, that is quick and easy to put out there as well. Okay. Uh, but and yeah, I've been the, throwing uh, it in the chat here too uh, every mm-hmm. now and again. Yep. Uh, but the main thing is Freedom Scoop uh, fundraiser for uh, first responders is what they would look for. On is there a, last time there was a beard shaving? That if we can also, hit 20, yes. As you can, can see, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. We're, yeah, we're at 2,500 for tonight. Yeah. Uh, we told everybody at 2,500, Matt Christensen would shave his beard. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we said, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I didn't agree to those terms. Are you guys, are oh, you guys, so are you guys close? You got a ways to go? What's the, what's the status? Uh, yeah, we got a ways to go. We're at uh, right. 470 at the moment. All right. Um, but the thing is, at 500, our buddy uh, Stephen Ignoramus, so I think, yeah, you've been on his yeah, show yeah. before. Uh, yeah, he's going to write a song uh, in an hour. He has one hour to write a song and perform it. <laughs> wow, he's pretty good, though. I <laughs> know he sent us some yeah. music, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he can do it. Oh, yeah. He's, no, he's, he's pretty he's damn good. good with that stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's, uh, he's, been, he's been watching the numbers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, to it. Is he going to perform it on your show? Is that yeah, yeah, he's going to okay. put it up here and everything. Gotcha. All right, so question for Matt. Uh, this is from Dangerous Spaces, actually. As an Aussie, is this an extension of Dems seeming disdain for the states? 
They seem to want to abolish the state-by-state -state system of the Electoral College, for example. It is weird. It's kind of what I was referencing earlier, that they they hate Trump. They don't want Trump to do anything, but they want Trump to seize power now and Trump to, to supersede the states and take take them all over. Which is weird because I thought like hatred of Trump was their number one guiding principle above all else. Mm -hmm. But in this case, their disdain for states' rights or state power, as in the individual states as opposed to the federal government, appears to be stronger than their hatred of Trump. One of the few things where they say, you know what? Um, actually, we do want Trump to have control <laughs> in this context. We don't want states to have power. So... Maybe. I mean, we know that there's a disdain for federalism generally. We see mm -hmm. the opposition to the Electoral College. We see the opposition to the Senate. That's undemocratic. States don't matter. All, all that stuff. Uh, well, you did the solo video, too, about uh, them saying that he's a soft dictator. Was that how it went? They call, it was a Politico article that called him an authoritarian weak man, which is you know, what a, what a hot work? take. What a clever... <laughs> Yeah, just, How the fuck does that work? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the same people who've been screaming that this guy is a, is a dictator for years are now questioning him not exercising his apparent dictatorial powers or wanting him to have dictatorial powers. And uh, and uh, the few, like I said, the few bright spots I see in how this was handled is um, I, I don't think Trump has handled it perfectly. I think that some of the communication at the start was not great, to be honest. But I think generally he has adopted the role the proper role of what the head of, of, of the executive branch of the federal government uh should do which is just issue recommendations issue guidelines and then be there to be a support mechanism for the states and um and, you know has it been executed perfectly I, you know maybe there was a ventilator here or there that was needed or something but generally speaking i think uh the response has been pretty good from the white house in my opinion well what would you say to the argument that by letting states um, exert their authority in how they handle this and the federal government at the same time trying to mandate parts of this leads to confusion in the country as opposed to him stepping up, taking control of all of it and laying down mandates countrywide. Well, confusion and mistakes are almost a guarantee. You know, um, the, the idea that we're going to have one person manage everything uh, to perfection, I think, is uh, is pie in the sky type thinking. So you, you decentralize the power, you decentralize the mistakes. And, you know, I, I, I think at some level having duplicative, um, if it is duplicative, if it is, if it is, uh, you know, if it is just having multiple people responsible for the same thing, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, what what. What's the problem with having New York prepare for a disaster and the federal government prepare for a disaster? If one of them screws up, you've got another person to fall back on. The only thing, and that's just in terms of preparedness, but if, you, are you, if you're talking like issuing directives or who's the boss, well, at some level, states have to matter. Otherwise, why do we bother with, with having 50 of them? If, if, if all they do is just look to Trump to handle everything, then their position is really irrelevant. It's unneeded. Well, it's well, hard I, for me. Oh, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead, Robert. Okay, I was going to say, uh, just uh, you know, by way of example, you brought up New York. Um, uh, you know, to point to that, um, as soon as things started to at the beginning of the blow up in New York, 
Um, you saw a mass exodus of tons of people pouring out of New York and heading to Florida. So here we yeah. are in Florida and it's like, oh shit, you're bringing this to us. Well, because you know, this, our state says this, your state says that we had to put mandates in place here to stop people from coming to New York without going into quarantine. That kind yeah. of thing. You have these reactions, whereas one overarching federal regulation as to how we handle this might have stopped some of those things from happening. Well, I suppose. But again, I, I would say that mistakes are inevitable and I want accountability for them. You know, like it, like same thing where I, I complain about my governor and I think his poor handling of, of this issue in our state. At least my vote for him has it matters more than my vote for president. At least mm -hmm. his accessibility to me mm -hmm. is is greater than Donald Trump's accessibility to me. And I think that the more we manage things at a local uh, at a local level, a state level, the more the more say you have in mitigating and correcting those mistakes where you see them this particular thing about interstate travel is kind of a it's a it's a new thing as far as i'm aware maybe you guys can remember past examples but i can't remember a time where states were almost acting like uh like their own country like their like their borders are their own country borders so to speak mm -hmm. right uh where they're trying to say you know we're going to we're going to screen residents of other states coming in and if we find you we're going to quarantine you and all that i don't I, I don't know and maybe there was another time in history where we've done that that's an interesting question constitutionally too do the states have the authority to police u.s citizen traffic across their borders and reject it or apply conditions to it well realistically I, I don't constitutionally know. that would be the only aspect the federal government would have in any of this would be the interstate commerce, the travel between the states. Yeah, and and that's not who's managing it. Yeah, I guess I, I hadn't thought of it in that way. Like, because it's not it's not necessarily commerce, but it is it is an interstate issue for sure. Um, yeah. of, oh, go ahead. No, well, no, I, just, no, I was disagreeing. The, the that's what's interesting though is it's not you know it's I guess the argument would be that that the federal government ought to have some say in that as it's an interstate matter but mm -hmm. instead it's you know Rhode Island or Florida in your case who's like right. uh, no no New Yorkers sorry <laughs> right well, uh, I can't, anyway I, at the best of times so you I, know. I, yeah. I I can't I can't cast a vote for the mayor of New York who let people leave his state full of the virus right so I yeah. You know, I can't, I can't, I don't have anybody accessible that I can hold accountable for that because, uh, you know, not my well, state. You got to Saint, you got DeSantis. You can, you, you can <laughs> lobby DeSantis to say, ban the New Yorkers. If that's, well, if that's, which, is, uh, which he took yeah. the, he took the initiative and did that, you know, he didn't yeah. ban them, but he forced quarantine on anybody coming in from New York for two weeks. Yeah. That, but that there's so many really fascinating legal puzzles that are going to come <laughs> right. out of this. And I do, I do hope that a lot of this stuff gets challenged, not even necessarily because I'm looking for a particular outcome, but because mostly state governments are just freestyling it right now. They're just like, you know, throwing darts at the board. Like, can we get away with that? Can we get away with this? Let's try it. Who cares? There's really no precedent. And uh, I would like the Supreme court to weigh in on some of these questions. Just so next time we have some idea, some framework, of which parts of these things are constitutional and which of them are just uh, con just trashing the Constitution. Uh, I, I think these questions are, are really interesting, and I hope I hope we get that that uh, that benefit after all this is said and done. Yeah, I, I will say that I <clears throat> I was expecting when he began the talk early on, uh, calling this a war against the virus. I expected that he was going to take war power measures 
and it didn't really happen. He went ahead and let the states continue to do as they needed to on yeah. a state by state basis. Yeah. But Ed, you were going to ask a question. Well, I was going to go on what's uh, what you had said about the one size fits all thing, because I mean, looking at the response to New York, New York needs to take this seriously and uh, clamp down on this because of the way that New York city has been affected. Whereas it's not the same here in Wisconsin. And from what I understand, California, which is just about as densely populated as, or Los Angeles, rather, I should say, about as densely populated as New York City doesn't see nearly the caseload. So they don't need the same kind of response to any of this. Yeah, and California fascinates me because, um, because well, we we know the, the data from, say, uh, flights from China that have come into this country in like... Uh, December, January, February, it was in the hundreds of thousands still. And even Wuhan specifically, I don't know the exact figure for Wuhan specifically, but there were plenty of flights coming into mostly the West Coast, heavily California. And we like the first confirmed cases of coronavirus were in California before the first confirmed cases were in New York. California did crack down a few days before New York did. But there's there's something else going on here to explain why New York is in a much, much worse place than, than California broadly, or even LA or San Francisco specifically. And it just, um, it, it really makes me wonder how much the, the lockdown stuff has been effective. And, and I'm sure it probably is more effective in a place like New York where people are, are literally living right on top of each other. Right. Mm-hmm. That population but you, density. Yeah. But when you talk about like Montana, South Dakota, and social, social distancing is the default state of life. here. It's, so it's, it's so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, I, I am serious when I say that I, I was mentioning this on Sunday, when you close down all the bars and restaurants and stuff around here, I'm not convinced that doesn't actually cause greater congregation of people. Because right. suddenly everybody goes to the groceries. I've never seen worse crowding at the grocery stores now. Mm-hmm. And that's just because nobody's eating at a restaurant and nobody's going to the bar. Nobody's really doing anything else when they go out other than going to the grocery store. And right. everybody's huddled around and everybody's using the same keypad. And I, I, I'm just not convinced in my state. Again, I, I don't pretend to, to know everything for everybody's circumstance because they're all different. But in my state, I am not convinced that shutting down all these quote unquote, non-essential businesses arbitrarily is necessarily making people safer. You know what happened uh, last night that really uh, pissed me off? Our guy, Steve Bullock, he ran for president. Nobody ever remembers him, but he did run. (laughs) And uh, he, because he, he declared, you know, he did did the stay at home order like two weeks ago, non-essential businesses ordered closed. He tweeted out or not tweeted. He made a formal state declaration just like it was a disaster, uh, like an emergency declaration or a stay-at-home order. But he made a, a formal state declaration with the state of the seal of Montana about how the Easter Bunny is an essential worker. And the oh Easter Bunny my God. can go around and he, the holiday <laughs> won't be ruined. And everybody, all the Karens and Susans responding to him are saying, thank you for cheering up the children on this holiday. And I'm the only one thinking, well, there are a few other people, you know, the, the few other people who live in my state and think like I do. Like what the what 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 a cute way to destroy the livelihoods of the children's <laughs> parents. Thank you. This is very yeah. cheerful. We all. I, I mean, I, oh my God, man, it just it. It's like, well, why did uh, this is a great way to cheer people up? Well, why do people need cheering up? Because you're the guy who destroyed their jobs. 
That's why. I, I, it infuriated me, and some people were telling me I was overreacting, but I just... I hated that move. I th- and not to mention, I guarantee there was at least an hour. This thing is formal. It's a page long. It's all bulleted and itemized and f- formalized. It, I know he didn't personally write it, but I guarantee there's an, at least an hour of someone's labor in this stupid-ass document. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've got another question for Matt. I got a <laughs> statement from Dangerous Spaces because he added me, so I'm sure he wants it read out here. This is a good part of living on a massive island. We have a miles wide moat around our entire country here in Australia. And then Stephen Ignoramus asks, what would it take for you to support Biden? For me to support Biden? Yeah. Question for Matt. That's what it says. I'm not Both blue t- no matter who, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think there's a way. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest I'm not the biggest Trump cheerleader in the world, but I think he's done enough to earn my vote. Um, Biden. It's not, it's not even ideological with Biden. Like the guy's just, just out of it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't think that he, I can't look to that guy and think, okay, here's a guy who's prepared to solve a crisis like this one. Not even that Trump is necessarily either. I just think Trump's smart enough to, to get out of the way a little bit. So but, we, Oh, sorry. I thought you were I can't done. answer that question since I don't think there is a. I what if there is a way? What if he uh, made Ron Paul his VP? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, I saw Ron Paul was talking a lot about uh, about all this stuff this morning and about all the or the other day about all this overreach and all that. Man, that's uh, that would be uh, that would still be a dream presidency for me if we could get that guy in office. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I could kind of no, no, maybe no. Are you are are you are you considering voting Biden or are you you for me? Yeah. Oh, I I I absolutely plan on voting for nobody but Mickey Mouse. Interesting. No, I mean no. Seriously, um, I do not think that the Democrats have put forward the best candidate. Uh, and Democratic voters. I don't agree that Biden is the best candidate. I don't necessarily agree that Bernie Sanders was the best candidate, though. I'd love to see that battle between him and Trump on the debate stage. Would have been entertaining. Um, yeah. But um, no, I don't. For me, based on just the man himself, I can't in good conscience feel myself voting for Trump, but I have no faith in voting for Biden either. So, hmm. you know, it's not that I won't go vote, but I just, I, it would be a write-in and, I, you know, I know all the, everything that can be said about that, but I just, <laughs> I don't have faith in any of the candidates right sure. now. I don't, I'm not hmm. even at a point where I'm willing to pick the lesser of two evils. Hmm. Yeah, what, what about Joe pick. Exotic? Write in Joe Exotic. <laughs> or uh, Vermin Supreme. There you go. Wait, who's That's that? Who I'm talking about. Oh even... man, how do you not know about this guy? Oh, he's great. He's the guy with the uh, the Wellington boot on his head, mm-hmm. and he's offering oh, yeah. uh, free ponies for everyone I and heard uh, of this. What's mandatory his name? dental hygiene. Vermin oh, Supreme. Vermin Supreme. Yeah. Vermin. Vermin, like the vermin. Like a, yeah, like, like a, a vermin. Yeah. Vermin Supreme. Check out his Twitter. It's it's pretty excellent. He's only fifty eight, but he looks like he's. Like he's amazing. yeah, he's he's great. He though. looks like Santa Claus did some hard drugs. That's what he looks like. <laughs> uh, it could be. Well, I can honestly say that I did not vote for Bernie or Biden in this past primary because that did, was just this past Tuesday. Yeah, did you? Uh, did you? You actually went out and voted. You defied death. I defied death. <laughs> wow, that was the fastest I've ever been through a polling place. Well, I'm in a really small town too, but yeah, that is the literally the fastest I've ever been in a polling place. There was one other person there when I was there. And did you uh, did you go a Tulsi out? Voter. 
Oh, you went and voted Tulsi. I, I looked at the uh, Bernie because I wanted to sow Discord. I looked at the bubble and I said, I can't. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> well, I wish I lived in one of these earlier states so I could do the sabotage vote. I mean, we don't vote till June 2nd anyway, and now it's all going to be by mail here. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll check the box, but I don't, uh, it's like, do I want to, it's an open primary, so I can vote for either, but do yeah, I that's the vote, same here. Vote for, yeah, I want the sabotage vote, and uh, we don't get that just because it's too late. Well, I kind of so, came up with a theory, too, when I thought about it really hard. Um, why Bernie dropped out the day after the Wisconsin primary, even though we don't have the results. He may have very well have won the state. He didn't, but he may very well have. Wasn't but the polling looking the pretty yet. bad for him, though? Well, it was, but you have to keep in mind that he was also backing the uh, the progressive Supreme Court justice, that, or the, not the justice, but the nominee that was up. Oh. Because we had a, a really heavily contested Supreme Court race that was coming up. Yeah. Uh, Madison Progressive versus uh, uh, Scott Walker appointee. Yeah, the Scott Walker appointee was the incumbent, so I'm pretty sure that he just stayed in to drive the vote out, so people would go and vote for the lady that was running against Dan Kelly. I see. I are are the results the right in yet, either. or did they not announce them yet? We will not get results until the 13th because of the Supreme Court ruling on the vote by mail. Okay, so on 13th Monday, that's when you get to yep. know. Yeah, all right. Ooh, and that's when the first round of stimulus checks. 60 million Americans are going to get paid on Monday, they say. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I, saw, I saw the Senate has, uh, they, they discovered that the 350 billion Corona bucks for small businesses is not enough. So, uh, and now they can't, they can't uh, get an extra $250 billion because I, I don't know, I didn't even look at, the Democrats want some other silly nonsense in this and it didn't, didn't go through. But uh so we'll see where that goes. But I guess now Nancy Pelosi is saying Congress is done through April. Uh, so are what? we? I, I, that's what I, I saw her say, at least. <laughs> yeah, because gonna... I, I know they were talking about a fourth bill going through. And part of that was going to be like an increase in wages for first responders and hmm. essential needs people. Like to the extent grocery store employees would get a $25,000 raise. You know, like <laughs> they were going to get an extra $13 an hour. They'd put all this in. So I'm like... What is happening with that? What's, you know, and then it's, it's all coming down to about what businesses are going to get money and who's And I'm not. even, I mean, I'm, I'm even very conflicted on these uh, issues because on the one hand, like the government printing money and inflating all our currency and just acting just being financially irresponsible and adding to the debt. I, of course, oppose all of that on principle. Right. But on the other hand, the damage is done to these businesses is not at all the fault of the businesses. You, you can view it as a damage imposed by the government, but that's even right. complicated still because who did it? It wasn't the feds, really, other than the guidance. But it's it's the state and local governments that have all but destroyed a lot of these businesses. Is it the federal government's response to correct that damage with money? Is it the state and local government's response to compensate for that? I don't know. Uh, but even that question is difficult to 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 answer precisely and correctly are we responding the right i mean my preference would be stop stealing so much of our money and let us run our businesses freely like free people but that's not what happened the government did go in and and damage people's livelihoods so is there a a, a burden on government now to correct that wrong well it, the you know it comes down to the fact in my mind that i don't think the individual states some might but I don't know that the states could afford the financial burden that it would take. So they would have to go to the government to get that money. They would be looking for 
federal government to subsidize that anyway. Yeah. So is it the smarter step for the federal government to just say, fuck it, here's your tax money back because your states aren't going to pick up the burden. They're too busy trying to you know, police you. I wish, well, maybe. I wish the states might have to think twice or think of, think a second time about that because if they know they can just shut down everyone's livelihood or a lot of people's livelihoods and then go ask the feds to bail them out with no consequence, well, that's just a recipe for the crazy power grabs that we're kind of seeing right now. And, and I, don't, I don't like that. That's, uh, God, I just... Uh, well, shit, your states, you know, a lot of states can't even figure out, like here in Florida... They can't even get the fucking unemployment yeah. website and system up and running to where people can get money. I mean, people are looking at literally not getting any of that unemployment money for another 30, 60, 90 days. And it's, yeah. And it's also unclear on the small business front too. This trying to get this, the small business loans, so-called loans, as far as I understand, if you, you know, you use them for payroll and the loans are forgiven or something like that, but in, whatever, uh, the, it's all being administered by the banks. And the, the guidelines are so unclear and the, the, the demand is so high that the banks are all just scrambling right now. They're all trying to, to get this money into the hands of these businesses, but it's just, it's, it's, it's so many people. That's, that's why they're trying to pass more money too. Cause the money's finite. $350 billion is going to, is going to be hosed out in sure. short order. Uh, and that's not going to be enough. So um, and the, but the other thing I kind of don't, I don't like about this too, is it's like, why, why should people in South Dakota be on the hook to pay the financial, uh, to pay the, to, to make the financial correction for like the fools in California's, uh, response to, to this, you know, if California and because Eric Garcetti, if you don't, yeah, well, point made <laughs> argument one, I guess, but if Eric Garcetti wants to destroy the entire city of Los Angeles or Gavin Newsom wants to destroy his state, why is that the fault of taxpayers in South Dakota? Why should they be on the hook for that? Because you're part of goddamn America, son. I guess, but you know, <laughs> we're all in this together, son. <laughs> sort of, sort of, but like from a collective defense perspective, but I guess that's kind of where this gets interesting too. Like, is this collective defense people? You mentioned the war analogy earlier. Like, is this, is this a war in that same way where it's the federal government's response to it's the federal government's responsibility to respond to it? I don't know. I don't know that I consider that analogy perfect. I mean, I think that the federal government's primary responsibilities are to defend this country from from external threats and to maintain internal peace between the states. But is a disease spread the same thing as like states going to war or something like that? Well, I guess, I guess it's the argument that technically this is, um, this is an external threat. This was brought into the country. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, I, I've listened to that argument and I'm like, well, technically I could see that like, this is a foreign invader. I'll use air quotes, but it's a foreign invader. And, you know, yeah, to a certain extent, I feel like the federal government needs to step up and take a hold of this as an emergency situation so that we have continuity across the country. I'm not talking about spreading money out to everybody, but from the standpoint of how we slow it, how we suppress the panic from the media, 
and how we have continuity and how all the states handle what is going on. Even if there are differences in the spread of the virus, the ultimate goal is to minimize the spread of the virus 100% throughout all states. I, I guess, but I, the counter I would say to that is like, is, is locking down South Dakota, New York style really having a benefit on the spread of the disease throughout the country? I don't think it would. I think it just it, it's just going to ravage the economy of South Dakota. And that's it. Uh, Ed, check the stream. Did you check it? Yeah, it's already fixed. Got it. Thanks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, and that's where I keep running into it. Like every question you ask is a double-edged sword, right? It's, yeah. it's like you really, ha it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, protect the people when it's not necessarily your job to give them a sense of safety and protection that you can't give anyway, yet at the same time, there's so many people asking for you to protect them from this or, you know, tell them. And then when you do, they're going to be like, oh, well, I forgot. I'm free and I can do what the fuck I want anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. The whole thing is it's so many interesting legal questions. And I'm just I'm I'm not even as I keep saying, I'm not even necessarily bummed by state overreach. You know, I am. I don't like to see these crazy people grabbing up power. Uh, but they're going to, you know, tyrant's going to tyrant. You know what I mean? Like these people are going to do that. I'm I'm more bummed by the huge segment of society that just doesn't have any skepticism for it. You know, maybe we come around and we realize, okay, like this sucks, but this might, maybe we got to bend on principle to accomplish a short-term goal. I don't know what percent of society it is, but it's way too big for my liking of people just absolutely licking every boot they see bending over spreading spreading their cheeks wide and saying have at it do whatever you want in the name of safety just a little more skepticism from the broader populace in terms of surrendering our fundamental freedoms and our fundamental rights would be much appreciated on my end but uh but i don't i don't know i don't know that we're going to get there and, and i think at the end of this even though this is what this is what bugs me from the data perspective too. A week ago, we were told up to a quarter million with perfect social distancing. That's with perfect social distancing. Right. Then, then, then it all gets reduced. The the projections all get reduced, and and they say, oh, see, the social distancing is working. Well, a week ago, you said it would take perfect social distancing to get to that high end estimate. Now, perfect social distancing is a quarter of that, but we're still going to face what what's going to happen is this thing will come in significantly under the the doomsday projections and then we'll hear well you see surrendering all your freedoms surrendering all your fundamental rights that's what kept us safe that's why we have to do this again the next time that the government snaps its fingers and says the circumstances are urgent well, or that's why what wait, bums me we'll out. just go ahead and keep some of these things in place yeah <laughs> all right yeah so um so, yeah i mean it, it bums me out. i just I wish i wish we had a little little more uh uh, just a little more of a stick to it attitude with with our with our founding philosophy and our commitment to our fundamental liberties than than we're showing right now. But um, but I don't know who knows. I can't pretend to know how this is going to develop because if you told me a month ago that like, dude, you're not going to believe it, but the state's going to shut down like m most of the businesses in your state. It's going to be really weird. And you're going to drive around downtown and it's going to be a freaking ghost town. <laughs> it's weird. It's like every. You know, you walk around my house and there's just trails around the house and stuff. And normally where I walk my dog and stuff, it's pretty much nobody out there. Now that's like downtown, you know, that's just dodging bodies everywhere. 
But if you actually were to go to like downtown, it's freaking ghost town. It's that's what I'm saying. Is like people are congregating in different ways in different places. But I, at least in Montana, I'm not convinced that's what's that's the reason we're in such comparatively uh, good shape in this state. I don't know. I got another question for you from the chat. Sure. Oh, this will probably have to be my last one. I got to get out of here. We're, we're getting pizza. Okay. Nice. Would uh, Matt run for mayor slash sheriff in a post boogaloo town slash city? <laughs> well, uh, I don't. I I don't want to run for office, and I don't want power, which probably means uh, I should. I guess at this point. Um, no, I, seriously speaking, though, I just um, I have no desire. Frankly, I think it's weird when people have desire to to have control over other people. Like that's that's something that's just foreign to me. But maybe that's the wrong way to look at it. Maybe you maybe you run for office so specifically so you can preserve liberties of the people and, and allow them to live their own lives freely and just uh, and pursue the the fundamental purpose of government, which is to secure the rights of those people. I'd never say never, but um, but I, I you know I I love doing what I do. I have no I have no appetite to like sit on some government board somewhere. The one thing I I would say that I could see in the future is like um, when kids are in play. I, I could definitely see myself like maybe going for a school board seat or something like that. If I was ever going to do it, it'd have to be something ultra local, like mayor or sheriff might be too big. I'm talking like, <laughs> like neighborhood watch or school board, <laughs> yeah. you know, those kind of things. But those are the things that I think um, everybody can and should be more active in. And, and I, and I should be too. You know, I talk about the importance of managing things at a local level Part of that is like just being an active, helpful neighbor. Part of that is right. is is being active on things like school boards. Eventually, I'll have to get to that because at this point, I'm you know I'm mostly just a hermit and I just kind of look at everybody with a skeptical eye. But I, I should be a better a better neighbor and like a more friendly a more friendly citizen in that regard. Yeah, I You'll think be, we'd be a, be a much better position if we had a lot more reluctant politicians in Washington yeah. uh, than we do these days. Oh, in Washington, especially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Career policy. I mean, even that's an interesting debate. Term limits, you know. Right. Uh, oh, I'm all for them. <laughs> the no other debate. side, not. Yes. <laughs> the other side of it is, well, yeah, why shouldn't states be free to select their representation? You know? Because that's but. racist. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you guys, yeah, you got the arguments down, man. Hey, uh, so uh, before you get out of here, Matt, uh, yeah. any shameless plugs you'd like to throw out there? Uh, well, if people uh, want to check out my stuff, the uh, the website is the place to do it. It's mattchristensenmedia.com. My name is long, but it's uh, it's Christian, like the religion, S-E-N, mattchristensenmedia.com. You can find all my stuff there and find all my social media and everything I make. Beautiful. Well, Matt, awesome. thank you so much for showing up and helping us in this uh, in this fundraiser. Um, we, we're hoping it's for a good cause and we hope everything gets sorted out. And uh, just keep yourself safe and, uh, you know, be well. Six foot, you know, wash your hands. <laughs> Did you see the guy who had the, uh, what are those things? They're like pool, the pool, pool noodles, noodles yeah, and tied yeah, to his head. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a good, that is just a good free man solving the problem for himself. No government intervention necessary. Right. I like that. That yeah. guy, that guy's a hero as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. Right, thanks, thanks guys man. and good good luck with the stream i'm gonna hop off and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go support your cause right now and um and uh like i said i'll post this over on on my place and i i hope that uh listeners might do the same beautiful so thanks, thanks man yeah, thanks have guys have a great day have a good stream Thank you, man.